As believers, we're called to walk with one another through the highs and lows of life. But how do we ourselves stay healthy when we're walking people through their own burdens or sins? This is Considering, where we are considering questions regarding life, theology, and the church. Consider it as a ministry of Redemption Bible Church of New Braunfels, Texas. Do you have questions regarding life, theology, or the church? If so, text the word redemption and your question to 830-299-7505. Again, that's 830-299-7505, and we will consider your question. To learn more about our church and our ministry here, visit redemption.bible. I'm Michael Hawkins. And I'm Blair Cushman. Let's consider it. Today we have two questions. Two of them. Uh Uh-oh. Somebody's trying to get a two-for-one over here. Uh Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. We're going to do something a little different. we got uh, one question that uh, we'll discuss briefly. Okay. Just briefly. We'll get into the meat of the the real question. Okay. We have a... a a trick question and then a real question today. Is That's that it? That's right. Yep. What's the first? What's the trick one? First question: Who do each of you personally think wrote the book of Hebrews? Uh, this is a trick question. That's right. Some somebody's wanting to get a little extra for their money here. They're submitting questions, but they're two questions for one. But I think they're trying to get me fired. You know, they're going to get me t- talking false theology. That's then. right. That's right. Who do we think wrote the book of Hebrews? <laughs> Well, I don't know. Some it had to be a pastor, right? Or at least somebody long-winded. That's that's my best guess because at the end of Hebrews, it uh, the writer says, "I've written you this short letter," and but it's thirteen chapters, that's and right. so in, you, you have to either be a pastor or somebody Definitely long-winded to say that <laughs> thirteen chapters is not a short letter. You know, this this is a book of the Bible, and so yeah, yeah. So, I don't know. Lots of speculation about it. Uh, For sure. Do you have any guesses? You, um, you know, maybe it's uh, James. Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, you know, he was teaching works righteousness. And so mm. he was brewing all the, the coffee for the disciples, trying to earn his way into heaven. That's right. You know. he, he brews. <laughs> <laughs> and, that's, uh, that's a pastor joke, right? That's right. You know, it's... Eric taught or taught that there's a dad jokes in the Bible mm-hmm. as we were going through Philemon. And so that was my... That's my right. my best take at a, a pastor joke or that's a right. joke, but that's right. Um, that's know, good. Martin Luther, you know, said throw Jimmy in the fire, saying that he was teaching a, a bad theology, and obviously we know that that's not the case. Right. right. But right. Uh, yeah. No, it's who do we personally think? I have no idea. Uh, there's you know a lot of people say Paul because there's some similarities, right. and then other people have you know questions and doubts about certain aspects of it. But yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I really don't know. I can't give you a definitive answer here on that one. So, uh, sorry. Maybe Paul, maybe Apollos, maybe Timothy. We don't know. You know who we do know who uh, inspired it, though? That's right. The The Holy Holy Spirit. Spirit. (laughs) And so no matter what, uh, whoever the human instrument was, the uh, Spirit was the one who inspired uh, the book of Hebrews. So we can rest assured of that, that it belongs in our Bible. Uh, and uh, it'll be a great question to submit when you get to heaven, and maybe Jesus will have a considerate podcast or a better a heavenly podcast a heavenly for podcast. when we get to when we get to heaven and all the questions like that about all right, Jesus, like tell us straight and 
That's right. What a day that will be, right? If you were the one that submitted that question and you have your own thoughts on it, I'd I'd love to hear your input on who and why. If you have it it solved, then uh, submit it because scholars have been, you know, debating and making their best guesses for a long time. So that's right. But let's get to the real question or the second question here. Question number two. Uh As a pastor and soul care counselor, how do y'all walk with people in their burdens and sins without letting it bog you down? Mm, That's a good one. It is. Yeah. I actually get this question a lot. You do? Especially as people ask me what I do for a living and I Mm -hmm. share that, you know, work at a church and um, do a lot of biblical counseling and people automatically say, oh, wow, that sounds heavy. How do you how do you deal with the, the weightiness of that and not just get, you know, suffocated by it? And right. So, yeah. 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 I get it. asked it every once in a while too. And, and uh, I'm sure you get it more so. Um, uh, but I'm guessing that the nature of this question, maybe they're just curious and maybe somebody really cares about us. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that, that's how I felt. I was like, Man, wow, somebody actually is thinking and caring. Right. I, I, I wonder, and I'm not trying to get down into the, you know, the reasons why people are doing this, but I'm wondering if some, uh, you know, like, if somebody else is walking with somebody through a burden and, yeah. and they are finding themselves getting bogged down in it. And so yeah. how do we do that? Especially like in our church, you know, and I think many churches, if, if we're going to take the Bible seriously about the one another's and how like community and friendship and relationships or, you know, what we call like our community, the family of community of believers here in the yeah. church, as we're walking with people through the hard things of life, it's easy to get to get kind of sucked up in it ourselves, right? Right. And uh, and to find ourselves really discouraged when people are choosing to walk in their sin, yeah. Or they're doing something foolish, like oh, we like we are we're crushed by that, or um, or sometimes vice versa. When somebody's like super uh, on fire for the Lord and doing great, we can get overly attached. Our joy can get attached to even their obedience, right? Yeah. Then that, then you know, and then when they don't, then then it comes crashing down. Yeah, and it's interesting because you know we are called to weep with those who weep and rejoice with those who rejoice. Right. And so, again, like those are our natural good responses. Yeah. In a sense, we just have to be careful about how we do that. Right. 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 And not not ourselves get wrapped up in it or get bogged down or even tempted to sin. You right. know, I think when this question is asked, my mind immediately went to Galatians six and, uh, and, and, and Paul's warning or encouragement there, you know, where he says, brothers, this Galatians six, one brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Right, so yeah. there's that obligation that we're talking about. Brother, sisters caught in sin. Tell me here. We, you know, who are spiritual, who are mature, who are walking, uh, should come alongside to help restore them, to bring them out, right, with a spirit of gentleness, yeah. not just like, uh, you know, jumping in harsh and rude and offensively, right. but in a spirit of gentleness, help to restore that. Like we have, there's an obligation where to do that. It'll go on later to say, bear one another's burdens, uh, in uh, <clears throat> in in verse two. Yeah. But in the middle of the, at the end of verse one, he says, keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. That's right. Yeah. 
And and I like that there because you know the the application that's pretty obvious. You know, if you're like walking with somebody you know who's dealing with like a, a sexual sin, like looking at pornography or something like that. You know, like all right, keep watch on yourself so that you too don't like go in and you know like right. so those things are in your mind. You're thinking about that, and next thing you know is you you're looking at pornography or doing something else, or right. you know you brother who's you know like in uh dealing with drunkenness or something like that and you know that you aren't yourself being tempted in that way as well right but in in the same way i think the application of this too is all right well if somebody who's who's super sad and who's grieving um that we then might be tempted and not that necessarily that the grieving person is sinning in their grief or whatever but you might be led into something in there while you're walking with this person to uh, uh, to to uh, to a sinful despair, yeah, or anger at God or something like that, yeah. and so there is a warning here. Like, yes, step into it, but keep watch on yourself so that you don't do that. Yeah, and I think that's probably where the nature of the question is coming. It's like, okay, how do we balance that? How do we jump in without getting bogged down in it? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and I think even in in what you were just talking, you know, even in like relational things. Um, see that you know thinking about if somebody is in sin in a relational aspect with somebody else it'd be quick to even come to their side and you know you know become part of gossip or are these types of things and so like just the impacts of keep watch on yourself lest you too be tempted is just so profound and, and yeah. all of this because you know misery loves company mm. or yeah. you know all these different things that we we think about right. like right like this is a, a stern wake-up call right um, for us as as believers and you know i think about philippians 2 and just as we you know admonish and encourage and, and know people in this that you know we do it with patience yep um and so you know, the Bible's calling us to these things to to come alongside each other, to to move toward restoration and to be gentle and to be patient. And so just as we go into this question, yeah. I think two words that really stand out is gentleness and, and patience. Yeah. And really what are those? They're fruit of the spirit. Yeah. Right. And yeah. so I think as we continue to go in, I think one of the obvious answers is that we we seek to walk by the spirit right. and not in the flesh. Right. Yeah. Cause that's how we don't get bogged down. Yeah. Right. Is, is when we're walking in the spirit like that, you know, just to get like real practical with, you know, myself, how I not let it bog me down. Cause it, the temptation's real. Like I can. Yeah. Um, but what I found over the years in my own self walking with people through sin or struggles, suffering things is, uh, of, Coming back to the reminder in First Peter five has probably been the most helpful to me. Mm-hmm. And uh, as as a pastor, as an elder, when the initial uh, command there is to shepherd the flock of God uh, that is among you, and and even there, just remembering that our shepherding is a stewardship. Yeah. Right. And so, how I don't get bogged down and caught up in it is remembering also that I'm just here as a steward, yeah. uh, to steward the situation, uh, to uh, that that 
I can't be, I can't take possessiveness uh, of it, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. And so there's a difference between owning responsibility and possessing the situation, yeah. right? Like, I'm going to take responsibility. God has called me to it. I'm going to jump in. I'm going to help this person. But I can't be so possessive of it where I'm taking responsibility for the other person's decisions. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna. I'm gonna meet my responsibility, and I'm gonna. I'm gonna steward it, and all that. But ultimately, they're the Lord's, exactly, um, and yeah. He's the one who's gonna change their mind. He's the one that's gonna bring about the transformation. I'm just the steward here. I'm just the shepherd, um, and so that helps balance. I think there, and going back to the, the Galatians six of keeping watch on myself, and you know, but also helping to bear the burdens and all that. Is I just have to remind myself. You no, know, I'm just a steward here. Yeah. You know, I'm just a mouthpiece, and uh, I need to. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna be a teacher in this as well. And so, I, if I can be the one who points the way to righteousness, then I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be the one who's gonna say those things, and I'm gonna be there. And I'm gonna you know help. But at the end of the day, it's their responsibility. That's right, and I think just that reminder, and the and the stewardship is that we can't change hearts yeah like when i'm in the counseling room i always have to acknowledge the big c counselor the holy spirit yeah that's there to do the transformation yeah you said it when you said you know, we're we're the mouthpiece yeah our responsibility is to point people back to the gospel back to christ yeah and, and if we do that faithfully then yeah. we have to allow the burden of transformation to to fall on the spirit to to lead you know, the counselee or the person we're walking with, um, to repentance. Right. Right. One of my biblical counseling profs back in the day, you know, used to say all the time that the most important person in the counseling room is the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And just remember that. Yeah. Like Holy Spirit, you have to do this, uh, do this work. And when we remember those things, that helps keep us up out of the mud. Yeah. Like, all right, Spirit, you have to do this and, uh, keeps us dependent and, and holy, on um, uh, or holy, holy dependent upon the Holy Spirit. That's what I'm trying to say. Too yeah. many holies and too many <laughs> senses there. But I think that's really one of the, ma- the the first thing when I say, how do I do it? It's just, well, remembering it's a stewardship mm-hmm. and I need to steward my responsibility. Here's my responsibility and here's God's responsibilities and I can't overlap the two. That's right. Yeah, as right. soon as we get them confused... Right, danger. Right? Then, then yeah. right, then we get bogged down. Then yeah. we, then we ourselves are tempted. Then we're, then we're here. The second thing for me also comes from this, uh, uh, from First Peter five, that uh, separate the flock of God is money, exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but willingly, as God would have you. Mm-hmm. And and here's really just a helpful distinction I think for me when I when when. When it comes to walking with people and helping to bear people's burdens, is that we lead people through their challenges. We don't deal with their challenges. Yeah. And uh, I, I talk a lot about that, that the distinction there in leadership and everything as well. But it applies here. We we lead through. We don't deal with. Yeah. No, and exactly. that's that's a mindset and it's act, act action. Yeah. Right. It begins there with that because as soon as we come into helping somebody and bearing their burdens with them, like oh I have to deal with the problem, you know yeah. oh, I'm gonna have to deal with their sin. That's out of obligation. Yeah. That's under compulsion. That's a that's a uh, I have to do this. Yeah. 
but as God's people, like, no, we get to deal with the one another. You know, we get to bear one another's burdens. We get to walk this stuff out with it. We get to be part of God's uh, instruments in uh, bringing about this change. We get to be his mouthpiece. And that's a mentality of leading through something right. different. Like, just you just reassemble the letters, right? Like, take the ending and the beginning and leading, dealing, leading, you know, leader, deal, leader, deal. And and how we don't get bogged, we get bogged down when we're just like, oh, I'm dealing this and it's an inconvenience. Yeah. And then we're personalizing it, and then we're having to do it out of obligation. But no, like willingly, joyfully, uh, we get to lead people through yeah. their burdens. Yeah. And that same train of thought, you know, Pastor Eric has been leading us the last two weeks through Philemon. Mm-hmm. And um, he talked just this week as we've gone through it about Paul appealing yep. to Philemon rather than commanding. Right. Him, and I think it's that that same thing. And really, he's he's appealing to the love that Philemon has in his heart through the power of the Spirit for a brother in Christ. Yeah. And so, when we operate in love, um, it's it's no longer that compulsion, right? And we're willing to to lead and to walk through yeah. um, as you're yeah. you're talking about. So, just as you were speaking, right, that came back. Yeah. Just it's the same right. principle yeah. at play, right, yeah. and how we uh, even talk with one another. Like God can make commands because He can also like deal with the consequences. Like He has the you know the sovereign authority to make commands and demands of us. Um, we're just you know we 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 don't necessarily have that level of authority. Yeah, we're you the know, ambassador. Be, yeah, we're just the ambassador, and we can come and make the appeal and to be and strongly urge somebody. Uh, to you know, make decisions for godliness and things. But if we, but if we get that wrong, then we're taking responsibility for somebody else's, and you know, and then it's keeping us up at night. We're thinking about it. We're we're stressing about it. We're bringing that into our own life or our own marriage. And and as soon as we get there, then we we've we've kind of crossed the line, yeah. you know, into that. And we need to remember, know that this is an assignment from the Lord. It's entrusting, and He's called us to lead through it not to just deal with it. And so how can I lead? And even that, like, if you just kind of picture that, we don't get bogged down or like, you know, anchored by it because we're leading, we're out ahead saying, hey, come on, here's my hand, let's let's go. Yeah. And now they have to take, take your hand to get out of it, but it's not them pulling you back into yeah. the mud. You're out here leading them out of the mud and not letting them pull you back into it. Right. And I think, too, just I mean, just to be real in this, there are moments where sometimes it does feel like we get bogged down a little bit. Sure, so absolutely. it's like to, to paint this picture that, you know, we, we do all this and we never get bogged down or, or feel the burdens. Yeah. Like, I don't want to paint that picture because absolutely sometimes yeah. we, we do feel that. And so these are the truths that we come back to. These are the reminders that even right. you and I have had these conversations, you know, just to help encourage one another to right. to continue. And another one that's been really helpful for me, and mm-hmm. as you've just preached through and finished Colossians, um, is, you know, that prayer in Colossians 1, 9 mm. through 14. And, yep. you know, specifically, you know, 10 and 11, um, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to Him, bearing fruit in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might yep. for all endurance and patience with joy. Yeah. And again, it's it's walking in in his strength. And yep. so in light of that, another passage that has just been on my heart um, 
in this season is mm-hmm. um, Isaiah 40, yeah. um, 28 through 31. Um, and, you know, have you not known, have you not heard, the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. Yeah. He gives power to the faint and to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even youths shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. Mm. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Yeah, that's so good. And so just as I think about walking in His glorious might, yeah. and, and thinking about endurance and patience with joy, like we have to wait on the Lord. We have to, to trust in Him. We have to lean on His strength as He empowers us for the sake of ministry right yeah. right and that's that's yeah how do we not let it bog you down is just also acknowledging that we can't do all this alone yeah you know we're not the savior you know it's kind of, we're talking about the same thing and just kind of yeah all right remember it's entrusting you know or it's a stewardship we're uh, you know we, yeah. we, we we're leading through we're not dealing with and and uh, even in that is just remember that's not our strength you yeah. know and uh, here's just something that I've had to come back to over and over, especially in the, those burdens, those sins that are real heavy mm-hmm. and are weighty. Um, in any situation like that, it takes a team and it takes time Yeah. yeah. to walk with somebody through a scenario like this. That's where we start starting to feel bogged down, you know, mm-hmm. because it's weighty. And so it takes a team and it takes time. And so if you're feeling yourself being bogged down by it, it's like, I need, a, I need a bigger team because maybe I've been trying to just do it all on my own. I'm trying to be Superman or Superwoman, and I'm going to you know, I'm gonna bring this person back. I'm going to be the one who's going to restore them right. you know, to, to wholeness and victory in Christ. Well, time out. One, you're not the Messiah. <laughs> I'm true. not the Messiah. None of us are. Jesus is, so only he can. And, uh, and two... You need, you need a team. That's why there's the body of Christ. Sure. You know, that's if this is in the small group, the whole small group is, is working through it with the person. Um, if it's bigger than that, that's why we have multiple levels here, you know, and that's why, you know, our small group is working, you know, maybe alongside you. And yeah. if they're part of freedom group or something like there's multiple people and multiple layers and people owning it together because it just takes a, a team. Yeah. But it also uh, oftentimes requires time. Sometimes, in God's kindness, transformation happens like, boom, overnight. That's right. Yeah. And you hear those great stories. They cut cold turkey. <laughs> they just, they, they, they stop immediately yeah. and praise God for that. But so often, no, transformation actually happens over time. Little decisions choosing over and over the way of obedience and faithfulness. And that's how, it, and, and we just have to, yeah. we, it takes time. And I think as you think about that, like that's how habits are formed. And so a lot of times these bad habits yeah. have been created over years of right. one decision after the next. Yeah. And, you know, they formulate into bad habits. And so to recognize that and to have a realistic expectation. Yep. To, to have that endurance to say, okay, this habit's happened over the last 15 years. Yep. We're not going to solve it in the next, you know, 15 days right. or whatever. Yeah. You know, there's... Yeah. Well, sometimes we want it even in the next 15 <laughs> minutes, right? <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. we've got 15 minutes before this meeting's over and your life's going to be changed. Like, yeah, I don't yeah. think so. Right. Yeah. Uh, and it just, it doesn't take steam. And that's where that verse that you uh, quoted in, in Colossians 1, is so helpful. The God's strength that we are being given, passively being given uh, uh, the strength of God for all endurance and patience. 
you know, with joy, right? And that's where those things come because we need the endurance. We don't get bogged down because we have the right expectation is that this is going to take some time. And so we're praying for God's strength to endure through the circumstances. And that patience as well is that that endurance with people that we need. And so, God, I need strength to endure through the circumstances and to be patient with this person through it. And so we recognize our weakness. We call on the Lord. We bring a team uh, alongside to help bear up under it. You know, we can't, you know, a thousand pounds lifted by ourselves is near on impossible. A thousand pounds with six other people, a lot easier. That's right. right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, and so like a team and time, and that's our right expectation. So we're not getting bogged down in the burden of the sin with that person yeah no absolutely and i think too just a a word of encouragement Mm -hmm. um, really for redemption one of the things that has been such an encouragement in this rather than being discouraged i find so much encouragement because you know our brothers and sisters who are coming in and they're seeking the lord and they're they're being humble and and teachable yeah and so like that to me, even though there's some really hard things, yeah, like seeing that that humility and the teachability, mm. it's just it's such a a joy because it, as people are wanting to to say no to sin and to to walk in holiness and to yeah. you know willing to take the hard steps to to trust the Lord, like that's that's awesome. Right. And so more times than not, I'm right. I'm not discouraged or right. feeling the burden. I'm actually encouraged and motivated in my right. in my own walk to continue to, to right. take those same steps of obedience that I'm seeing our brothers and sisters who are going through some really hard things. Right, yeah. right. And that begins by having the right expectations about how change happens, yeah. right? And how these, what our role and all those things in it. Because mm-hmm. it would be discouraged if our expectation was, that, okay, change is going to happen immediately. It's yeah. going to happen fast. It's mm-hmm. going to be dramatic. And... You know, then we can get discouraged, but when we understand, you know, the, just the way that God works and our responsibility and what we're to do and all this, yeah. then that's primarily how then we avoid getting burdened, you know, and bogged down in this. Yeah. And we can obey those initial commands to bear one another's burdens and to walk with somebody if they're caught in transgression without ourselves being tempted, right? Yeah. And uh, and then, yeah, we can go for it. We just let it be to the Lord, you know, and if you're feeling anxious about it, then journal about it, pray about it, give it to the Lord, right? Like if you find yourself like obsessing over it and thinking about it all the time, then come back to, you know, Philippians 4 and uh, be anxious for nothing, but in everything with thankfulness, you know, God, thank you that I can walk with this person. Thank you that I have the hope of change. God, thank you that you've given us your spirit, Uh, you know, with thankfulness and make your request known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. And so uh, Philippians 4, 6 through 7 there. And that's like, okay, then we don't get bogged down. Then we're not burdened by it as we just continue to come back when we feel it uh, becoming heavy or weighty. And it's, uh, and it's a burden that we are carrying that we're not meant to carry. Yeah. That's what, in, that's what induces anxiety. Yeah. Carrying these kind of emotional burdens uh, of other people that God never designed us to carry. Right. And I think ultimately remembering that God's grace is sufficient mm. as we recognize that in our own hearts and the work that Christ has done and the forgiveness that we've received yeah. and the patience that he has with us, the more that we 
live in that and recognize that and go to that, the easier it is for us to then extend that and to to walk with others and to continue to remind them, you know, with that patience of that truth. Yeah. Yeah. And so just never losing sight of the sufficiency of, of his grace. Amen. Amen. Right. And that's really answering these like questions. You know, I know if somebody was looking into a question like this, do we have like the tips and tricks or something, you know, like the easy way to not get bugged down, you know, I, I guess I'd be like, just don't care, you know, <laughs> like, uh, don't do that. People don't yeah. do that, you know, Bad advice. Uh, right. That's not, that's not the way to balance those two uh, dynamics. Um, it's really just the simple truths of walking in the grace of God and remembering our responsibility, remembering our role, remembering what God does, remembering not what we do, and remembering God's economy in all this, and then, you know, counseling towards that, living towards that, and then we can step into these things, and we can we can help one another, even in the most seemingly impossible situations. Like those situations where like, there is no way this marriage is going to be restored. There is no way this person is going to choose to follow Jesus. Where we can jump into that with hope and also go to bed at night and not stress about it, you know, and not be up and anxious all night. Yeah. Is where we can just come in armed with the truth of who God is, how he works, what our role is in all this, and, uh, and leave all the results up to him and not uh, not get mired down. And man, there's just, just the way peace. Easier said than none. You right. know, and like you were alluding to earlier, there's times where it's really great at this, where, you know, where, where we're walking this out, and there's times where we forget about it, and we have to remind ourselves and, uh, um, and, and, and point ourselves back to the things of the Lord. And that's how we... That's how we can do it and stay joyful and healthy and, you know, faithful in ministry for the long haul and not be jaded when things, you know, sadly don't turn out the way that we want it. You know, when, when somebody chooses to reject the Lord or, um, or to reject his counsel, and even in those grievous situations, we can continue to just walk faithfully. And in the next situation that presents itself, whether, whether it's similar or completely different, yeah. We can walk into it knowing what God has called us to and what he's going to do. And we can do so with great joy and great health and great trust and faith that God is who he says he is and will do what he says he will do and all for his glory and our good. That's what it's about, isn't it? Amen. We grieve not as the world grieves. Amen. Thanks for tuning in to Consider It, where we are considering your questions regarding life, theology, and the church. Consider It is a ministry of Redemption Bible Church of New Braunfels, Texas. If you would like to submit a question, text the word redemption and your question to 830-299-7505. To learn more about our church and the ministry here, visit redemption.bible. Thank you for your support and listening. Join us next time as we consider it.